you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey y'all, it's Jackie here, and today I want to talk about wisdom in our words and how it affects us and our relationship with others. So Proverbs 25 11 says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Knowing how to say something, when to say something, and in some cases, what to say in general can take a lot of wisdom. It doesn't take any wisdom to vent all of our feelings. The Bible says a fool uttereth all his mind and that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So let's begin setting about what God's thoughts are in the area of words and communication. Don't we all need a little help in this area? I know for me, I have definitely needed wisdom in this area. So 1 Corinthians 15, says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So what's evil communications? Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So in this passage, let's first look at the phrase corrupt communication. When I studied this out, it's talking about something that's spoiled and rotten. Have you ever poured yourself a glass of milk? took a sip to find out it was sour and rotten. Did it make you want to keep drinking? No, totally not. The Bible says that our communication is supposed to be good to the use of edifying in a way that ministers grace to others. I've heard good people abuse the truth by the way they delivered the message. I know many times I've yielded to the flesh in the way I communicated something, even good and righteous things, but not in a way that was edifying. How many times have I worked with my children and become frustrated instead of edifying with grace as I teach principles that are new to them? I believe when we don't communicate with wisdom and with prayer, we can grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives because the Christian life is much about our relationship with others. Verses 31 and 32 say, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Colossians 3.8 says that we are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. These verses are saying that these hurtful feelings will come, you know, like anger. Everyone gets angry at times. But when we let them spew it out of our mouth, we are validating them and allowing the old man to control us. Remember Jesus said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. Matthew 15, 18. Our hearts are desperately wicked who can know it. My husband has told me often, be careful about saying everything you think and feel because your feelings change constantly. You can never take your words back. You can apologize 
but many times the damage caused by words can never be built back. Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Luke 17, 1 says, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. James 3, 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Verses 10 through 18 also say, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Well, it didn't say and. I added that, sorry. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I've been in church all 35 years of my life, and I've seen the tongue do more harm than anything. I've seen people walk away from their relationship with Jesus and fellowship with believers in church over the destructive power of the tongue. So how can we live in wisdom through communication with others? Proverbs 15, 1 and 2 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. I love how this proverb uses the word poureth. You see, the foolish have no filter. They just pour out no thought, no prayer, no time and wisdom behind their words. We should have such wisdom with our words that we know how to diffuse an angry situation. I've heard many Christians use the phrase in the Bible, our speech seasoned with salt, as it's their duty to pour salt in people's wounds. My husband gave the best illustration of that verse this past Sunday night when he gave the illustration illustration of hunting in Arkansas, my family's hunting land. They put salt blocks on the paths of the river so that when the deer lick the salt blocks, it makes them thirsty for the water. We should use such wisdom that even when we give the saltiness of truth, it makes people thirst of that everlasting water that Jesus gives. When people around us, are they more thirsty for Jesus or do you and I put a sour taste in their mouth? One of the greatest ways I believe we can practice wisdom in our speech is using the Word of God, prayer, and the Holy Spirit's power as a filter in everything we say. Does this take discipline and practice? Oh, yes, it does. But if you know me, you know I love coffee. I can drink it hot any time of the day. But say you make me coffee without using a filter, and I'd probably spit it out. There's nothing worse than drinking the last sip of my coffee and though there being grains in it. I've spit it out more than once. 
Can you imagine your whole coffee having all the grains because there was no filter? In life, I've had to learn this the hard way, as originally being a very outgoing extrovert with always feeling the need to express myself, but I've had to learn you hurt people when you do not know how to handle words and the truth with kindness, praying over them before you deliver them, and asking the Holy Spirit's help as you speak that you will say it in a way that's pleasing to Him and for the use of edifying. I hope this lesson encouraged you to invite the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom in your speech. The Bible says we can't tame the tongue, but we can grow in wisdom so that we can use our tongue to edify and build up, not destroy. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and hopefully you will join us again in Her Portion podcast. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.